0: All right, so we've been through a whole week and this is uh, Thursday's episode. How do you feel on, on whether you're gonna get these right or not? You feel confident or are you confident. Losing your confidence? I
1: came off a, a positive or a good answer. So I'm feeling confident. I'm gonna I'm gonna perform well today. But I'm I am a little sad because this is Kelly's last episode
0: with us this week. So. It is. It is. I'm sad too. Are you having a good time, Kelly?
2: I am having a great time. I, I think it's great that you brought the entomologist in to is her about plants and so, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so the bar is pretty low for the plant experts that are on maybe after me. But um, this is great. But I've been learning a lot.
0: No, you know, I think it's great because you're providing uh, a resource as far as the the insect interaction where we we may know a little bit, but we're lacking. You're mm-hmm. you're our expert. You're our go-to person. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Here we go. I'm going to give you five clues. This is one that I actually did pretty good on and – I'm going to I'm gonna say Tom's going to get this one based – it depends on which clues I give him. All right. It can grow up to seven foot tall and is shrubby in form. Okay. I'd say it's pretty factual too. I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> okay, being okay. deceptive. I think I know it already. It's, um, just... Let's see. It is an obligate species, mm-hmm. which means 99% of the I time. I I definitely know it. Uh, it's good in wet areas along streams and ponds. It is an herbaceous forb. Yep. So um, it is native from New Hampshire to Florida, mm-hmm. west to New Mexico, and then north to Kansas, but also in North Dakota, Utah, California, and Washington. So a good, a good okay. portion of the continental U.S. And oh, any of these next clues are going to give it away to you. So I'm trying to figure out something that's not mm-hmm. going to give it away. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, you know what? I'll give it away. Three. It, this plant can take up to three inches of permanent inundation.
1: Kelly, do you have a, an idea in your Before head? Before Tom?
2: um, I have a couple ideas, but okay. I'm not quite okay. sure.
1: He The first thing he said stuck out to me because it's a plant that – that it was kind of like a double clue that you gave the yeah. 7 foot and then shrubby in form yeah. and the all one assuming it was an herbaceous form which you yes. later revealed it was yes. the, what popped in my head was no. oh you don't oh, want to say i yeah. want
0: kelly to have a guess first oh
2: i was going to guess new england aster
1: okay and i mm. my what popped in my head was hibiscus moschatus oh that's
2: right. a really good one yes you want
0: to change your answer
2: oh well, i was going to go allow first I'm, the, feeling I'm feeling good i'm mm. feeling good
0: you want to change your answer
2: I, I mean, I agree with Tom. That's a good guess. So I don't know if I want to totally change it. But yeah, that is much more shrubby than an Aster. Well, I get. just,
0: I know when we finished out last episode, you were and saying taller. you wished that you would have just changed your answer. So that's why I just <laughs> want to make sure. <laughs> I don't want to hear any regrets if Tom's Let's right. Let's agree right. on this one. Yeah, I okay. so. You're going to agree? All right. Is it hibiscus mashutos? You. you are correct. Swamp hibiscus. Uh, Man, I was hoping to stump you. I was finishing out the week strong. It doesn't look that way. I
2: think it's often overlooked as a forb because it is so shrubby.
0: Yeah. I, You know, and, and we'll talk about that more in a second.
2: You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
0: Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezik. And we have uh, finishing out the week with us our very special guest Kelly Gill from the Cersei Society. Welcome, thank you Hi, for everybody. Thank you for being with us of this course. week. This I is, love it. This has been a blast. This is kind of what we had hoped for. Oh yeah. You, you know, when you hope for, it, you never know if it's going to come to fruition. So we're so thankful that things have loosened up that we could actually sit in person together, mm-hmm. like not over Zoom and actually have fun. Like Indeed. I'm having a great time. In fact,
1: Indeed. on Native Plants Healthy Planet, Kelly was going to be our second ever guest, and uh, and then. COVID happened and yeah. we, everything got shifted around. And yeah, I think we our got a
0: little crazy. Kelly's first appearance was over phone, mm-hmm. and then you were part of the pollinator extravaganza, yeah. uh, which yep. is one of our top 10 episodes of all time. So that we're in good company. Um, but speaking about the, the clue that you're talking about, like seven foot and shrubby and being an herbaceous mm-hmm. forb, I see this plant specified a lot of times as a woody. Mm -hmm. um people consider this a a woody plant but it is in fact herbaceous um but i don't know if it's one of those woody herbaceous that we've talked about like some of them the categories are slowly changing and blend so um a lot of people will grow this one in in a larger container size and and use it as a a woody plant Mm -hmm. but it is it is um technically an herbaceous form
1: one of the things that always struck me about this plant in particular and i i've the flowers strike me too but is that it can tolerate some salinity
0: it is you know and that was where i was hesitant to give too many clues uh because it can take three inches of permanent Mm -hmm. permanent inundation and it can take up to 15 parts per thousand of salinity which which is actually like a fair amount of salinity Mm -hmm. so yeah seawater is 35 parts per thousand yeah you know and a lot of um the parts around the coast of the the uh mid Atlantic in the northeast, you, you see twenty five to thirty five, twenty-two to thirty five, mm-hmm. and in the bay, like ten to fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so it's it's handling like pretty that's more than brackish. Oh yeah. You yep. know, it's it's handling salt water. So that's pretty adaptable, which I was just afraid if if I said that and three inches of permanent inundation that you guys were like, Yeah, just yes. you just mm-hmm. gave it a not you just say the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> You could, I could ask you that at seven foot and shrubby, I already yeah.
1: knew. <laughs> but, but that's because I love this plant so much and really what's going to bring a lot of people into in to love it is those flowers. So tell yeah, us yeah. about the flowers.
0: So very large hibiscus-like flowers. When you think of hibiscus, it's a large four to six inch flower with five over, overlapping petals. Um, and the nice thing about this plant is you get seedling diversity. It can be white creamy white or pink petals uh, all with dark crimson bases. So it's either white or pink. And I've actually had someone bring up to me, you know, I've had someone throw in red, but that's really quercus co- or uh, hibiscus uh coccinia. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I almost said scarlet oak there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. that's the the red the red hibiscus is mm-hmm. is coccinia. But I've had someone ask if the pink were cuz you more you see white more often than pink, mm-hmm. I think. If pink was really like a variety, I, they're still selling or considering them both hibiscus and mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, and I guess, did I say which plant we were doing? So swamp hibiscus, also called swamp rosemallow. I guess we should have said that with our intro, we got a little sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, it, you know, the dark crimson base really stands out. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It would, it's a showstopper to me because you, you have this seven foot fleshy herbaceous forb with with beautiful four to six inch flowers that yeah, are just definitely you know pretty so, p- pretty awesome
2: i think it's it's very easy to grow and we've been using it on sites after invasive removal you know to replace mm-hmm. things like fragmites um, where it's shown to actually continue to do some suppression of that plant
1: so it's a really? good replacement that's that's pretty interesting
0: that's you know because hibiscus i don't want to say it's aggressive but it's it's hardy oh, let's say much, that yeah. and i think fragmites one of the limiting factors is you see it in brackish conditions, but when that salinity starts to get ratcheted up, that's where it can be outcompeted. competed mm-hmm. So it's, it can yep. take enough salinity to outcompete compete uh, smooth cordgrass in a lot of bay areas, but once you get in those higher salinity things, it's not as strong, not and as strong something like hibiscus can definitely take over mm-hmm. and, and yeah. take advantage. That's a great plant. So
1: now I see you have listed on here as a, a fall color too, which is something we only really attribute to woody plants.
0: Yeah, and it, it actually gets a nice yellow, yellowish fall color. So late in the season, uh, it gets a really—I don't know if it's an attractive yellow, but it, it, it definitely turns from mm-hmm. uh, from green leaves to to yellow. So mm-hmm. you do get you do get a fall season out of that as well.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I always loved about this plant as well is it just had a really cool seed where they were like super round it was like if you if you got that Red Rider BB gun for Christmas and like you got the little canister of BBs that came in like a little milk carton thing. You remember yeah. those oh, the yeah. copperhead? Yeah. Yeah. They they almost look the same. It, not the same color, but that same size and shape. It was a really, really cool seed in that regard.
0: You know, one of the things that I learned that I, I hadn't attributed to this, and we have it all around our pond here at the nursery. Um, when we talked to Ducks Unlimited mm-hmm. about plants, native plants that are good for, for waterfowl, he mentioned that hibiscus was very important as a late seed source because uh, it's uh, – the seed capsules kind of like stay later and then drop and they'll actually float on the water uh, and that's ha- what kind of facilitates yeah. seed dispersal. A lot of it's through water, mm-hmm. um, but waterfowl—it's very important for waterfowl uh, mm-hmm. as a, a late season seed source. So, yeah. and I didn't realize it before. And now, do, like it kind of hit as we're talking about this. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is a great one if you have waterfowl. Yeah, and now you're bringing in
1: wildlife. That's my favorite part. What other wildlife really
0: are, or does this uh, plant benefit, Kelly? You wanna you wanna start with that?
2: Well, of course, those nice um, large flowers will attract hummingbirds, and um, the and the red and pink colors do as well. Uh, butterflies and other pollinators. There's actually a um, hibiscus bee. It's a specialist bee, Pithorix bombiforis, mm-hmm. and it looks very similar to a bumblebee. Okay, um, and it's a specialist on this plant, so it raises its young um, on that on that type of pollen from that type of plant only. Um, so that's a nice specialist relationship. But it really attracts a whole range of, of different bees that like to kind of get in that flower, roll around in there, collect mm-hmm. that pollen um, and nectar. So it's it's a good plant for attracting diversity. Yeah, awesome. if
1: I was a bee, that would be the flower I would want to visit. Is, cause, just because it's... It's kind of like the McMansion boom, and everyone wanted that big house. It's like, oh, I'm going to go here. I have all this space. <laughs> this, is, this is really nice,
0: right? Yeah. And then,
2: and since there's a lot of flowers produced at once, you know mm. that really maximizes foraging efficiency oh, yeah. in those in those big colonies. And,
0: and I, I don't have it here, and I don't remember if I'm correct in this. That the flowers only each flower blooms for one day. I think. Do you remember that, Tom? Am I I've, speaking out of turn? I,
1: I I don't think that's true. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think I've plants. heard it. And I feel like I've seen. I feel I know the flowers close up. And maybe that's. And what I, I think they reopen. Okay,
0: but
1: I, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like, have I have I noticed that they've been the same flowers from and, day to day? And it does or, bloom.
0: We didn't talk about bloom time, but it does bloom from July through September. So it it has a very long bloom time. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things I found interesting, a lot of the plants that we research you're you're lucky if you find that it's the larval host for one you know one species mm-hmm. of butterfly or moth, but twenty eight species of butterflies and moth use this as a caterpillar host plant wow. so it's active like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of pollinators like this plant for for very many reasons mm-hmm. um so you're getting waterfowl with seed, you're getting hummingbirds, butterflies, pollinators twenty eight species of butterflies and moth that's pretty awesome. So um and before I forget it does take full sun. Mm-hmm. So you're, you 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 see it thriving. We have it in the field right down the road here uh by the Kinkora trail yep. in in large swaths um and I I had it by my old property along a pipeline that they mm-hmm. were letting naturalize yep. and and just in the open spots it wasn't going into the woods but where it was open it it kind of loved to be so full sun totally um and the leaves if you're curious it does have a large leaf. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's a bold ovate tooth leaf um that are lobeless and they have 3 to 5 shallow lobes but it's it's a pretty nice size that you know with a flower that big it better have a leaf <laughs> just as big to kind of to offset it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um deer. Yes. What do you think about deer with this plant? They love it. I think. I yeah. I think that's one of their their go-tos yeah, because it's, it's a good height. Mm-hmm. Big leaves like yeah, how about what's your experience?
2: Um, I I don't really have as much experience with deer and this particular plant, um, so I won't I won't say anything okay. that's yeah. not true. It's, it's <laughs> something where
1: I guess when it's blooming, I see it so much that I would assume deer didn't like it, but that's just anecdotal evidence yeah. for me driving around and seeing it in ditches, and maybe that's part of why because the deer weren't going as close to the road; they're staying in other
0: areas but, but, but when you yeah. do see it you do s- tend to see it in mass yeah right. oh yeah i was yeah. gonna
2: say the density alone might deter deer exactly from, yeah. from going in and feeding on it
0: yeah so and it is non-toxic mm-hmm. so a lot of times if it's non-toxic to humans most of the time it's non-toxic mm-hmm. to to deer as well so they they like it they prefer it it's but it's so much of it they may browse around the outside or they're not making a huge dent in the whole population like they're the population's so big you're seeing you're not noticing the browse. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, let me see what else we could throw in here. So several non pollinating nectar feeders, including the Harris Checker spot and the Hobomic. Hobomic skipper. Yep. And uh, who who named the Hobomic Skipper?
1: Do you know <laughs> was it someone that was their name? <laughs> oh. I love I love the naming process of so many of these things.
2: Um, it could be somebody's name. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, with a million insects yeah. out there, it's just hard that's to cre- keep up on the taxonomy yeah. and origin of, of all of them. That's um, a creative one. That, that's, yeah. yeah,
1: that is. It almost sounds like a, a species in the, um in star wars <laughs> <It's
0: like laughs> off some strange planet far far it, away yeah but it's it's with the the size of the flowers and the height of the plant and the size of the leaves uh if you're putting this on your property because it does tend to be mass, like in a mass it makes a good summer screen like a temporary summer screen and you'll get a fall color out of it um or or a hedge you can actually hedge this um if for a temporary hedge, if you're looking at if you really want to screen something out quickly, it grows pretty quickly yeah it's it's yeah. not a slow grower um and if you're looking to take out something that's exotic or invasive um you know many people are familiar with non-native hibiscus mm-hmm. there's a lot of yellows and reds and things like that and they're not really hardy here either so there is a native hibiscus. You could still get that classic hibiscus flower mm-hmm. um, and have it be native and support way more pollinators and habitat than than the exotic ones. Awesome. So, all right, are you ready for? For oh, your, I'm ready. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, see. I'm on a two question answering streak
1: all right so i'm well, going, better than me better I'm, than
0: my wordle score so because <laughs> i have so many uses i'm going to throw one out this is just a gimme that it's it's a fact i'm letting you know it's a fact that hibiscus machu is used in the treatment of dysentery lung ailments and urinary ailments so we'll we'll start with that now i have five statements four of which four of which are factual and one of which is false and i'm going to Stump both of you on this one. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. An infusion of the dried stalks has been used in the treatment of the inflammation of the bladder.
1: That lines up with the urinary ailments Mm -hmm. aspect, so okay.
0: All right. Hibiscus flowers symbolize romantic love and affection.
1: That's how I feel when I look at them. All right. Yeah, that's
0: (laughs) hibiscus flowers are considered good luck, but only if placed in a bedroom. Okay. The genus name is the old Greek and Latin name for mallow. Mm-hmm. And the specific epithet from Latin means musk-scented. So moschutos means musk-scented. Oh, like, Scented.
1: Not knowing Latin, that lines up. That's, that's <laughs> That sounds pretty much right. Um, Have you spelled hibiscus? Is it musky? I, I, To be honest, I don't know if I – remember what it smells like i know i must have smelled it but um yeah i can't i can't say the uh the one about the
0: bedroom i don't know so about good that. luck all right yeah and how about you kelly
2: yeah that's pretty yeah if it <laughs> is if it is good luck i know be, collecting. <laughs> be a good thing to get in all there right. for valentine's yeah. day so huh? both
0: kelly and tom are are both <laughs> Betting that hibiscus flowers are considered good luck but only if placed in a bedroom is false. And are they correct? oh i so, thought i'd get you on that one no, kelly oh. some
1: of this just comes from working with fran and i know
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> like those,
1: he... the little bits of language and, and whatnot he likes to use i've noticed
2: that before when he said something you're like i know you, just because of your relationship with that plant so i have that disadvantage there i need to spend more time here <laughs> uh, yes you do
0: all right so the most important aspect of this is um would you put this
2: plant in your yard
1: if i had a spot for it i would but i okay. don't and that means I won't.
0: Okay. <laughs> so yeah, how about Thanks. you,
1: Kelly?
2: I'm the same. I don't have have a spot for it. Um, but if I did, you know, I would consider it for maybe a rain garden area or to intercept mm-hmm. some runoff. Um, uh, if, if you have you know wet areas or a creek in your yard, that would be a great border plant there, detention I, basins, things like that.
0: I think I'm in the same boat like I, I'm not gonna put it in my yard. Mm-hmm. I don't have a spot for it, but if you had like a nice corner, a sunny corner, like say where your fence, a fence corner, Mm -hmm. and you wanted to put a a garden in that corner, you could have one tall one right in the corner and plant a layer down from Mm -hmm. there. So Mm -hmm. it would give you some height to work with and it's, it's not, you know, the, the white and the pink is like a, the rosy pink is a little more neutral, Yep, you know, so you can, you can add some other colors around it, uh, I don't even think we talked about the color of the leaves uh, like medium green like mm, to medium yeah, green yep. um not not super dark but you could easily you know the flowers will stand out because of the the crimson bases um but you know the rest of it's pretty neutral so you can you can work a lot around it but I I'm not putting it in my yard now
2: and if you have you know kind of more traditional landscaping around like a pool
1: mm-hmm. or
2: something like that that kind of gives you that tropical vibe yeah. Compared yeah. to some of the, you know, the plants that people try to force into that situation that, that might not be long lived. So uh, you, great plant for that.
0: You can put it in a planter. You mm-hmm. know, even though it gets seven foot, you can put it in a planter if you wanted that hibiscus look on a deck uh, or around a pool in a planter, you can totally do that. So yeah. Yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. Cool. And then you can let the seed disperse in your pool and hopefully ducks will come and live in your pool. When you like that No. <laughs> oh I, I i would love one of those like natural pools i think they look awesome but, i meant your swimming you know. pool you have ducks yeah. with your kids well
1: no that's your, what i mean sun. they have the natural <laughs> oh that's pools right now i would love to have that but uh i'm
0: assuming to put in a new pool like that would be very expensive yes so. yes you, yeah you already have a pool you can't but, you can't mix it yep, up yep but, but it's been a great week yes, so it has. we we only do this one monday through thursday we leave friday uh standalone for native Uh, native plants healthy planet so if you if you haven't gotten enough of us tomorrow you can you can look for a new episode of that uh kelly thank you so much for spending time with us we don't get to do we need to do this more often yes so we're hoping we're hoping to have more guests in the future as well Mm -hmm. so uh i don't know maybe we can stump them i don't know but it's been great thank (laughs) you so much for joining us this week and we'll see everyone monday next week uh so Native Plants, Healthy Planet tomorrow, us on Monday. And until then, keep
2: it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.